If you like this post please follow us, share with others and please leave your comments and give us a like. From Pastor Chris White, we trust the Holy Spirit is doing His work in your hearts. The Lord bless you all, have a beautiful joyful day. Que el Señor las bendiga. For more information about us and this topic, click here, diningwithjesus.net Please follow us and share with others. Translate this site into your preferred language, look for our Google Translator in our homepage, diningwithjesus.net. Traduce este sitio en tu idioma preferido, busca nuestro traductor de Google en nuestra página de Inicio VA, diningwithjesus.net. Dash. Often, people experience anxiety when they think about the future, however, it does not have to be that way. For those who know God, thoughts of the future bring eagerness and comfort. For example, describing a woman who knows and trusts God, Proverbs 31:25 says, she smiles at the future. Two key thoughts to keep in mind about the future are, first, God is sovereign and in control over everything. He knows the future and absolutely controls what will happen. The Bible says, remember the former things long past, for I am God, and there is no other, I am God, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure, truly I have spoken, truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it, surely I will do it, Isaiah 46 9-11, emphasis added. The second thing to remember about the future is that the Bible outlines what will occur in the end times or latter days. Because the Bible is God's revelation to humankind, and because God knows and controls the future, as Isaiah says above, then it stands to reason that when the Bible speaks about what will occur in the future, we can believe it. Concerning predictions about the future, the Bible says, no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God, 2 Peter 1:21. This truth is evident in the fact that, unlike the false prophecies made in other religions or by individuals such as Nostradamus, the Bible has never once been wrong, every time the Bible has predicted a future event, it happened exactly as Scripture said it would. When considering how to understand and survive in the end times, answer these three questions. 1. How should I interpret what the Bible says about the future, biblical prophecy? 2. What does the Bible say will happen in the end times? 3. How should what the Bible says about the future affect the way I live today? How to interpret biblical prophecy? There are a number of viewpoints on what methods should be used when interpreting passages concerning the end times. While there are good people espousing different beliefs, there is good reason to believe that biblical prophecy should be interpreted, 1, literally, 2, with a futurist view, and 3, in what is called a premillennial manner. Encouraging a literal interpretation is the fact that there are over 300 prophecies that concern the first coming of Christ, all of which were literally fulfilled. The predictions surrounding the Messiah's birth, life, betrayal, death and resurrection were not fulfilled allegorically or in a spiritual manner. Jesus literally was born in Bethlehem, performed miracles, was betrayed by a close friend for 30 pieces of silver, was pierced in his hands and feet, died with thieves, was buried in a rich man's tomb, and was resurrected three days after his death. All these details were predicted hundreds of years before Jesus was born and were literally fulfilled. And, while there is symbolism used in various prophecies, for example, dragons, horsemen, etc., all of it portrays literal beings or events, in much the same way as Jesus is spoken of as a lion and a lamb. Regarding a futurist view, the Bible clearly states that prophetic books like Daniel and Revelation contain not only accounts of historical events, but also predictions of future events. After John was given his messages for the churches of his day, he received visions concerning what would occur in the end times. John was told, Come up here, 
and I will show you what must take place after these things, Revelation 4 1, emphasis added. Perhaps an even stronger argument for a futurist view involves the promises God made to Abraham, cf. Genesis 12 and 15, concerning the land of Israel. Since God's covenant with Abraham was unconditional, and His promises have not yet been fulfilled to Abraham's descendants, then a futurist view of the promises to Israel is warranted. Lastly, with respect to prophecy being interpreted in a premillennial manner, this means that, first, the church will be raptured, then the world will experience a seven-year tribulation period, and then Jesus Christ will return to reign over the earth for 1,000 literal years, Revelation 20. But what does the Bible say will happen before then? What does the Bible say will happen in the end times? Sadly, the Bible predicts a downward spiral of catastrophes, human sin, and religious apostasy before Christ returns. Paul writes, but realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. Evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, 2 Timothy 3 1, 13. The world will continue to reject God, His Word, and His people. Someday in the future, a day no one knows, God will end the church age which began in the first century on Pentecost, cf. Acts 2, with an event known as the rapture. At that time, God removes all believers in Christ from the earth in preparation for His final judgments. Of the rapture, Paul says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words, 1 Thessalonians 4 14-18. The erosion of peace and increase of turmoil that precedes the rapture will reach epic proportions when untold numbers of people disappear from the earth. Such an event will cause panic and demands for a strong leader who will have answers to all the world's problems. Preparation for this leader has been in progress for some time, as historian Arnold Toynbee has noted, by forcing on mankind more and more lethal weapons, and at the same time making the world more and more interdependent economically, technology has brought mankind to such a degree of distress that we are ripe for the deifying of any new Caesar who might succeed in giving the world unity and peace. Out of a revived Roman Empire, one that has organized in a European 10 constituency fashion, cf. Daniel 7:24, Revelation 13:1, the Antichrist will arise and sign a covenant with the nation of Israel which will officially begin God's prophetic seven-year countdown to Christ's second coming, cf. Daniel 9:27. For three and a half years, the Antichrist will reign over the earth and promise peace, but it is a false peace which will entrap the people of the earth. The Bible says, while they are saying, peace and safety. Then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape, 1 Thessalonians 5:3. Wars, earthquakes, and famines will escalate, cf. Matthew 24 7, until the end of the Antichrist's 3.5-year reign, when he will enter a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and proclaim himself to be God and demand worship, cf. 2 Thessalonians 2 4, Matthew 24 15. It is at that point that the true God responds to the challenge. For another 3.5 years, a great tribulation will occur, such as has never before been seen. Jesus predicted, for then there will be a great tribulation, such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. Unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved, but for the sake of the elect those days will be cut short, Matthew 24 21-22.
untold loss of life and destruction of the earth will occur during the Great Tribulation. Also, large numbers will come to faith in Christ, yet many will do so at cost of their lives. God will still be in control as He gathers the unbelieving armies of the world in order to judge them. Of this event, the prophet Joel wrote, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Then I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people, Joel 3 2. John records the battle this way, and I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, Satan, and out of the mouth of the beast, the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs, for they are spirits of demons, performing signs, which go out to the kings of the whole world, to gather them together for the war of the great day of God, the Almighty. And they gathered them together to the place which in Hebrew is called Har Majedon, Revelation 16 13-16. At this point, the Messiah Jesus will return, destroy His enemies, and claim the world, which is rightfully His. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in mid-heaven, Come, assemble for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of commanders and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves, and small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image, these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh, Revelation 19 11-21. After Christ has defeated all the armies gathered in the valley of Armageddon, He will reign with His saints for one thousand years and fully restore Israel to her land. At the end of a thousand years, a final judgment of the nations and all remaining mankind will occur, which is then followed by an eternal state, either spent with God or separated from Him, cf. Revelation 20-21. The above events are not speculations or possibilities, they are what will take place in the future. Just as all the Bible's prophecies of Christ's first coming came true, so will all the Bible's prophecies of His second coming. Given the truth of these prophecies, what impact should they have on us now? Peter asks this question, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements will melt with intense heat? 2 Peter 3 11-12 The Effect of Bible Prophecy on Us Today There are four responses we should have to Bible prophecy. The first is obedience, which is what Peter speaks of in the verses above. Jesus continually tells us to be ready for His coming, which could happen at any time, cf. Mark 13 33-37, and to live in such a way that we are not ashamed of our behavior. The second response is worship. God has provided a way to escape His end-time judgments, His free gift of salvation offered through Jesus. We must be sure we receive His salvation and live in gratitude before Him. Our worship on earth will one day become worship in heaven, and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, 
for you were slain, and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, Revelation 5 9. The third response is proclamation. The message of God's salvation and the truth of His second coming need to be proclaimed for all to hear, especially to those who don't yet believe. We must give everyone the chance to turn to God and be saved from His coming wrath. Revelation 22:10 says, And He said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. The last response to God's prophetic word is service. All believers should be diligent about carrying out God's will and performing good works. Part of Christ's judgments will be of the works performed by believers. They do not determine a Christian's acceptance into heaven, but they do show what each believer did with the gifts given him or her by God. Paul says of this judgment, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad, 2 Corinthians 5:10. In summation, God is sovereign over all events and people of the world. He is firmly in control of everything and will bring a perfect end to everything He has started. An old Christian song puts it like this, All is God's creation, fashioned by one hand, Satan and salvation, under one command. Fulfilled prophecy is one proof that the Bible is a supernatural book. Hundreds of Old Testament prophecies have already been fulfilled, and it is reasonable to conclude that what it says about the end times will be fulfilled as well. For those who know Jesus and have trusted Him as their Lord and Savior, His coming will be their blessed hope, cf. Titus 2:13. But for those who have rejected Christ, He will be their holy terror, cf. 2 Thessalonians 1:8. The bottom line is this, to survive the end times, make sure you are a believer in Christ, for God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Thessalonians 5 9. Thank you to Got Questions Ministries. Copyright Copyright 2002-2019 Got Questions Ministries. All rights reserved.